0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise and normally, what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled "A Strong Will Mind Healing Scars Over Time." Through my poetry, but due to the length of this here podcast. I will not be reading from my book of poetry. However, I do hope that you all are having the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So for those of you who are unaware and who have not been listening to my episodes within the last day or so, or a couple of days or so, um, I recently went to a conference and it was a women's conference entitled I Am Woman hosted by one of the ministers that I follow her name is Kelly K E L L I E and her last name is Aguaze A G U E Z E and it was entitled Gathering of the A Gathering of the Generals where real Kim Talk was one of the guest speakers Cindy Trim was another one of the guest speakers. Um, Latrice Ryan, Dr. Latrice Ryan, she was another guest speaker. And Rachel Remus, she was another guest speaker. And a few more. Of course, Kelly Aguese spoke. All of the speakers were phenomenal. Um, and I do apologize if I have forgotten some names. Um, but I'm actually doing this based off of memory and not looking at an actual program. But Cecilia, I forgot her last name, but she was also one of the speakers. Um, And when I tell you, my cup is still overflowing. And it is overflowing so much to the fact that I woke up from a dream. And in my dream, I actually saw myself writing a sermon. And so... Because I spoke to one of my children and she was busy doing other things, tending to other family affairs. One of the things that she asked me to do is to please record what it was that was laid upon my heart so that she will have the honor of being able to listen to it later. In her quiet time, where she can feed off of the the words (laughs) that proceed out of my mouth that were laid on my heart. Um, And this is something that I was already contemplating and she confirmed it. So out of obedience, I am going to share what was laid upon my heart in a dream. I'm going to share that on today's episode. So it is entitled God Knows Best. So, originally I was going to name this Forbidden Fruit, but somewhere along the way, the message shifted, so I named it God Knows Best. Early this morning, I woke up from a dream. I literally saw myself writing this very thing that I'm about to share with you. I believe it is a sermon, but not in the way that most people would consider a sermon to be written. Nevertheless, I was led to write it. So in obedience, I did. As I, he, as I heard the words flow, upon my awakening, I typed them out. You're about to hear what I heard. Now, for all of you who are Bible scholars out there, please forgive me in advance. I do not have a doctorate degree or any degree degree in fact, in theology. However, when something is placed heavily on my heart, I do my utmost to obey. This is a product of my obedience. And here we go. (laughs) In Genesis chapter two, I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to read the whole chapter And let me just find out which Bible that I want to do this in. Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to do it in the um, message Bible. And for those of you who don't know, like the, I, I like to read where it's legible and understandable for me. So, here we go. And it's going to be... From what I gather, verse 1 through 25, verse 25. Here we go. Heaven and earth were finished down to the last detail. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day, he rested from his work all the creating God had done. This is the story of how it all started, of heaven and earth when they were created. At the time God made earth and heaven, before any grasses or shrubs had sprouted from the ground, God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth, nor was there anyone around to work the ground. The whole earth was watered by underground springs. God formed man out of the dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. Then God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. He put the man he had just made in it. God made all kinds of trees grow from the ground, trees beautiful to look at and good to eat. The tree of life was in the middle of the garden And eh. Also, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there divides into four rivers. The first is named Pishon. It flows through Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of this land is good. The land is also known for a sweet-scented resin and the onyx stone. The second river is named Gihon. It flows through the land of Cush. The third river is named Hittichel and flows east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. God took the man and set him down in the garden of Eden to work the ground and keep it in order. God commanded the man, you can eat from any tree in the garden, except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground all the animals of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, named the wild animals, but he didn't find a suitable companion. God put the man into a deep sleep. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. The man said, Finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, name her woe man, for she was made from man. Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife. They become one flesh. The two of them, the man and his wife were naked, but they felt no shame. And that was Genesis chapter two, verses one through 25 from the message Bible. God told Adam, who conveyed this later on to Eve, not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Say it with me. God knows best. However, Eve disobeyed indirectly to the commandment, which was provided to Adam directly. God's commandment in regards to not eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil presented limitations where the way Satan presented eating the fruit from the knowledge from the tree of the of knowledge of good and evil to Eve directly provided some expectations. An observation could it be that the reason why Eve accepted or embraced, even acted upon the perspective Satan presented to her was because deep down inside she believed these expectations were not currently afforded to her. For Satan told her, you will not surely die. For God knows that the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like him. So let me find that for y'all. So that way y'all can know what scripture was. Um, Sorry for the delay. And this is Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. And I'm going to also read that. In the message Bible. From the message. <laughs> I'm going to read it from the message Bible. So. It says. The serpent told the woman. You won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree. You'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God. Knowing everything. Ranging All the way from good to evil. Look at your neighbor and say. God knows best. Do any of you see how. While in heaven. For those of you who do. And have read your Bible. Lucifer wanted to be like God. Which is why. He was cast out of heaven in the first place. Now. As he speaks with Eve, he keeps that same energy and attempts to stay with that same narrative in regards to being like God. Why is that? You would think that after God cast him down from heaven and changed his name from Lucifer to Satan, that he would have learned his lesson. And instead of trying to influence another individual of trying to be like God, that he would adapt to bring to bring adapt to being himself. Sorry y'all. Y'all know how auto auto thing works. The autofill works. To being his new self. His new normal. But I guess that would have been too much like right. So rather than him transforming into the renewing of his own mind, rather than him repenting even and turning away from his evil ways, he proceeded to deceive Eve. How exactly did he deceive Eve? Glad you asked. Satan deceived Eve because God had already made man in his own image. For those of you doubting, That can be found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let me read the Message Bible. I'd like to try to read out the same one. So, Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the flesh and the sea.'" The birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Remember, I talked about how Eve, Adam and Eve were created in chapter two. But in chapter one of Genesis, it talks about how God literally thought them into existence. Okay, so. Let me go back. So, Satan deceived Eve because God had already made man in his own image, according to Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. All right. And that was according to the Message Bible. So think about it. If, and I put it in caps, if we are made in God's image, that means we're made like God. If we are made in God's image, that means that we are made like God. Repeat after me. God knows best. So, just a thought. If I'm already like God, that means that I can speak like God. That means that I have dominion over the animals like God. That means that I'm in, I am able to enjoy the Garden of Eden like God. I can eat other fruits from other trees. Hmm. Hmm. So I should be satisfied with that, right? So why was Eve not satisfied with all that was already provided to her? Why was there any doubt left in her mind concerning the things of God? Concerning the promises of God? Concerning the provision of God? Let me make this more personal. Has God not supplied all of your needs thus far? This is a question that you can ask yourself in your alone time. Another question. Has God not provided you with the words that you need to utter out of your own mouth so that you can call those things that be not as though they are through his word? Another question to ponder. Has God not met you where you were at when you needed him the most? Yet another question. Has God left you? Has God forsaken you? Has God forgotten you? I truly believe that as you answer these questions that I have set before you. That you will discover that he has not left you. That he has not forsaken you. And that if you're being completely honest with yourself. That God remembers you and has not even forgotten you. So why is there still doubt in your mind concerning all that is God? Repeat after me please. God knows best. In my opinion, the fact that God for both Adam and Eve, he he forbade hold on y'all, this right here, it took a turn on its own. (laughs) He forbade both Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Both. And the fact, in my mind, this should have been enough simply because he commanded it. That's in my mind. You know how we do. If it were me, if <laughs> we love to go there. If it were me, I would have did things differently. we love to do that. We're all guilty of it. God had just cause to tell them, you can eat of every tree in this garden, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Does this not sound like a boundary that God created? Does this not sound like a boundary to you? God literally created a boundary. So why did Adam and Eve cross it? Hmm. Huh. Something to ponder. Why did Adam and Eve cross that boundary? Why did they cross God's boundary and opt to eat from the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil anyway? See, God sees the best in us no matter what other people may say or think about us. You need proof. Let me share it with you. What I have read and what I believe to be true. So this one, because I like how it is actually spoken in the New International Version. I'm going to read it based off of the New International Version. And then I'll read it from the Messages Bible. But according to the New International Version, some say NIV Bible, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, the Message Bible says this. The Message Bible says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. And again, this is according to the Message Bible. One last Bible a lot of y'all are familiar with is the King James Version. And according to the King James Version, it says... For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So I literally have read three different versions of Jeremiah 29, 11, But in all of those versions, it clearly states that God's thoughts toward you, God's thoughts toward me are good and not evil. Say with me again, please. God knows best. So, knowing this, why are we led by the evil thoughts that we think about ourselves? For example, I'm too fat, or I'm too skinny, or I'm not educated enough for this job, or I'm not attractive enough, or I'm not good at this, or I'm not good at that. Do we not know that these thoughts killed the very essence of who God created us to be? Who we truly are? We were made in the image of God. We are like him. Therefore, if we speak a thing, it will come to pass. Because the power of life and death are in our tongues. If you want to see it for yourself... That is according to Proverbs 18, verse 21. And I'm going to read it out the message Bible again, just because I want to stay consistent. And it says The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat. It's fruits. So when it comes to our destinies, why are we listening to the voice of the enemy? I also read a passage that talks about when we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Um, so let me share that with you. So, according to James 4, verse 7. And again, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible first. Once my, once this does what it needs to do. <laughs> Excuse me. So it's um, James 4, 7 through 10. So let God work his will in you. Yell, aloud "No" to the devil, and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet "Yes" to God, and He'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. James 4, verse 7 through 10. If you do. James 4, 7 through 10. I'm going to do the New International Version. Again, that's called NIV. NIV. And this is what it says. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now the Bible talks about a double-minded man being unstable in all of his ways. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So again, that's James 4, 7 through 10. And you can use any interpretation you want, but that's the one that I went with. The two that I went with was, which was the message Bible and the NIV version. So when it comes to our destinies, why are we listening to the voice of the enemy? I asked that question once more. And again, As you just heard, according to James 4, 7 through 10, if we resist the devil, he will will flee from us. So now, I would like for you to take a moment, if you're driving, please do not close your eyes. Just imagine with your eyes open, okay? Because we don't want any accidents. If you are in a quiet place, You can play some soft music, calming music, but I want you to take a moment wherever you are at, wherever you are safe, and I want you to imagine with me for a brief moment that you are Eve. E V E. You're walking in the Garden of Eden, naked and unashamed. You are admiring all that is God's creation including yourself. You see a stream of water as you stop to gaze upon the stream or river of water, (laughs) whichever one you prefer. You see your beautiful reflection as the sunlight hits the water ever so right. You see yourself wonderfully and uniquely made. You smile, your reflection smiles right back at you. You are in awe of God's reflection, that is you. You look around at the animals and you see beauty all the same. The flowers smell ever so sweet. The air is oh so refreshing. And you breathe it all in. <sighs> Everything around you is perfect, including you. Stay there for a few minutes. Eden, a perfect garden. A place where you are free to walk, smell the roses, reflect, and worship God. Yes, a place to worship God. In Eden, you are free from all manner of worry, indifference, doubt. Hatred, sorrow, jealousy, envy, even pain, to name a few. Remember, God knows best. So why do you doubt him? The next time you have a moment of disbelief, Or self doubt. Do yourself a favor and go back to Eden for a moment in your mind, in your heart, in your imagination. Place yourself in the Garden of Eden. Place yourself in the Garden of Eden. Eat the finest fruits in Eden. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. Would you like to know what those are? So the fruit of the Spirit. And this is according to Genesis 22 through, I'm sorry, Genesis verse, I mean, Genesis chapter 5, 22 through 23. It says that the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's according to the New International Version, NIV. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. It's Galatians. Galatians, G-A-L-A-T-I-A-N-S 5, 22 through 23, Galatians. So now what I'm going to do is read it from the Message Bible. And it says, But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way That fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a uh, conviction. Y'all, I'm going to get my words out. Watch and see that. (laughs) And a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way among those who belong to Christ Everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. Crucified. And that was according to Galatians 5, 22 through 24 in the message Bible. So. Eat the finest fruits in Eden. Pet the softest animals in Eden. (laughs) Lay on the greenest grass in Eden. (laughs) Be completely and totally free in Eden. And anytime the enemy, Satan... Attempts to get you out and away from your quality time with God. Whether it be through your writing your poetry, writing a song, painting, singing, dancing, making a joyful noise, resting, worshiping him. You name it. Resist him. Resist the temptation to believe his lies. And this is how you will avoid his deceptive tactics. Because God knows best. To know him is to love him. To love him is to live. And in him we live, we breathe, and we have our being. Be encouraged. And go with God. I believe in you. So I hope this is going to conclude the end of my sermon. (laughs) Um, But I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. I hope that the words that were laid upon my heart encourage someone, even you. I know that they encouraged me as I wrote them. It helped me to see the book of Genesis. And the story of Adam and Eve in a different light, it helped me to even see her in a different light. And it helped me to see Eden in a different light. And just because Eve partook of the fruit, and just because we may have our moments where we also believe the deceptive tactics of the enemy, it is not too late if you are hearing my voice for you to repent turn away from and to literally do a new thing so that you can have all that your heart desires and so that you can literally find the peace that you might have been searching for but didn't really have a blueprint on how to find it. Maybe tapping into your imagination, just maybe, and envisioning yourself in the garden of eden before eve was tempted by the enemy will it allow you to find that rest that peace that surpasses all understanding and allow you to make some hard decisions if that's something that you're facing at this juncture of your life maybe just maybe going back to eden is where your new story will begin. But I hope that you all have a beautiful day. And I want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the words that were laid upon my heart. Again, um, I am not a theologist. All that I am is someone who loves God because I have developed a personal relationship with Him. And because of how He has shown up in my life, I wanted to take a moment to reverence him, but I also wanted to take a moment to share what he shared with me in my quiet time. I mean, I was asleep, but you know, (laughs) even after I woke up, he was still ministering to me. And so I hope that blesses someone. I know that it blessed my heart, um, but I also wanted to encourage anyone who doesn't have a right relationship with him, anyone who may have had a right relationship with him at one point in their lives and felt as if because they ate the forbidden fruit that they no longer have a place with him. Tell God you're sorry. Ask him to come back into your heart. Sup with him. Just turn away and start over with him if that's your desire. For those of you who don't believe, that's your business. I've always said that in my Tabitha Brown voice. But in all actuality, I know that I have a relationship with him and I know that that's one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. And so I just wanted to share my testimony since this is my podcast. okay? (laughs) but yeah, I hope you all have an amazing day to my future hubby, wherever you are. You are at on this planet. um, I pray that your relationship with God is right and true. I pray that you are taking time out to really, truly get to know him in your life and have that unmovable relationship with him, knowing that he is the constant, that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There is nothing that man can do to you, not even the devil, without coming through God first. So... If he allows it, nine times out of ten, in my personal opinion, it's to grow you in a certain area of your life. But I hope that you're learning the lessons that you need to learn so that whenever God nods his head in approval for our union, that he will get all the glory. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this is going to end my episode on today. Thank y'all so much. Thank you so much for listening. And please, please do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening. Bye, (laughs) y'all.